Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Radically Loved Radio. I Happy Friday. Happy November 20th. It's getting closer to the holidays. Are you guys staying sane? Are you staying balanced? Tessa is here. Tell us all of the things, Tess. Oh, I am getting in the cooking mode. I'm making stews. I'm going to make cookies. I am trying to decide on what kind of pies I want to make. Oh, yum. Are you going to be done with the cleanse by then? Yes. Yeah. I, I need this to be a short cleanse. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, yes, it is a great week. Indeed. That is my optimism hat that's on because I am just so excited about today's episode. I do want to caveat by talking a little bit about what, um, happened here. <laughs> I actually don't know. So James Bailey, who I'll introduce during the interview. He's the founder and instructor of Savanti Institute. He is uh, probably one of the, the most well-respected Ayurveda teachers. Um, his online school has a three-tier yoga program leading to a certification. Um, he is probably one of the most well-versed uh, person, teacher out there that, that I know. And James and I actually had this conversation a year ago to the date. And because back in the, back in the day, God, it's been a year. It's so crazy. I can't even believe 2020 is almost over. You guys, there's only a handful of weeks. I won't even tell you how many, but it's really, we're close to the end. Some of you are rejoicing. Some of you are sad. Most everybody's rejoicing. Who am I kidding? Um, but we, we would record episodes just because everything was being done in house back then. Um, I would record episodes like weeks, even, even months in advance. And so James's episode that we recorded in November of 2019 was actually supposed to go live middle of January, but in the middle of January, something started happening called the coronavirus. And so things just kept changing. And I ended up actually traveling to Bali during this time. By the time I came back, we had inserted a couple of more relevant, I'm doing air quotes, relevant to the time episodes. And it just kept snowballing from that. Obviously we had no idea what, what was the gift of 2020 that kept on giving. So yeah, one day I just realized, wow, like James's episode has not seen the light of day. And I found it to be such a perfect moment. I'm like, no, it's going to come to light right at the perfect moment because everything that we talk about in this episode has to do with being able to identify imbalances. Uh, We talk about sleep hygiene and sleep hygiene and how it could lead you to uh, a more mindful and fuller life. Uh, when a lot of us are heavily, uh, intoxicated by technology, especially right now, um, we learn about the three doshas and how we can achieve power and authenticity. Uh, so it, it really truly is a great episode. And even now listening back to it, um, there was so much on, um, how to keep the, the tradition of yoga alive, how tradition is relative, um, 
the challenge of the tradition. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to have different differing opinions and that's okay. That's always welcome here, but I am just so excited to finally be able to share this episode with you. Tessa, you heard the episode, right? Yeah, I did. I got a chance to listen. It was really, um, all of those things you just said, very profound. Um, and I found myself taking notes, which I don't always do when listening, but it was, I just felt like, oh, I want to write that down and remember it. For me, when I write something, it just sinks into my brain and I hold on to it. So yeah, it was great. I'm yeah, you know, I, listen. I'm excited to hear what you guys think, thought, thought, thinking thought. Anyway, so yes, I'm excited to share this episode with you. I'm also really excited for the new the new listeners, those of you that are new to our community, thank you so much for being here. We have noticed uh, quite a bit of an increase over the last month, and I'm going to attribute it to just Tessa being here. Um, so Aww. Tessa, your fans are here. Yay. They want to, they want to <laughs> listen to you. You want to listen to us chat and yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked. And just so that you guys know, uh, Tori and I actually just recorded an episode uh, just in time for the holidays that will air uh, next week. So uh, we talk about our relationship and I'm already going to just put this caveat out there that the beginning is a little bit slow. It took me a moment to kind of crack that shell, that nut. Um <laughs> And Tori the nut. Oh yeah, he is to crack that nut. <laughs> and and he did. He did uh he was able to open up and and talk mm. about our relationship. We've done interviews like this before, but we were actually at Mod Pod and it was it was a really great great conversation and I think it's uh, an appropriate time as well right before the holidays. Actually, that's probably it's it's going to be out during holiday weekend, so Hopefully there's some, some wisdom nuggets in there that you guys can, can take from, or maybe feedback that you guys want to share with us. Mm. What are you looking forward to right now, Tess? Uh, mostly food because I feel like I've been depriving myself. With oh the my class. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, I just, I mean, I've said it before. I love this time of year. I love, you know what I love what I've been doing lately that I what? didn't get to do last week. I wake up in the morning, I make my espresso, which is half decaf, half fully calf, uh, trying to scale back a little bit yeah. before anybody else wakes up and it's still kind of dark. And I just sit in my living room and I read a book and I'll like walk outside or I'll look outside and uh, the fog and the trees. And, you know, I live in the Pacific Northwest, so I'm yes. obsessed with the jelly. landscape. So jelly. Um, so I, I wait, I look forward to waking up in the morning. <laughs> That's, good. That's great. That's a good yes. place to be in. That's uh -huh. for sure. What about you? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, I, I'm looking. So Tori is, uh, I think I, I'm not entirely 100%. I know this is kind of last minute, but from what I believe, I think his parents, my in-laws are coming down. So I am mostly looking forward to cooking. I love, I mean, I love to cook just in general, but I, I love Thanksgiving. It's Tori's birthday. He's turning. Oh my God. How old is he? Turn? How young is he turning? <laughs> I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be 48. Really? Yes. And he looks so good because he's a vegetarian. That's what happens. Yeah. Um, 
That's what I, that's what I always say to him. I'm like, it's because you're a veggie. That's why you're going to stay young forever. I love but, that. But he has a birthday coming up. So I always make him his favorite is pumpkin pie. So I always make mm-hmm. him his own pumpkin pie and he just, you know, enjoys it. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to disconnecting from technology. So this is normally around the time where I will disconnect from technology um, and just give myself an opportunity to go fully in to be present with whatever it is that I'm doing, reading. I have a due date for my book is December 1st. So I'm feeling really good about that deadline. I've got most of my stuff done. I, I, I feel totally confident in being able to turn in my full manuscript by the first, which is just my clap track. Yeah, it's really, (laughs) yep. That's great. It's really, really close. And I cannot wait to start sharing entries from the chapters with all of you. It's, it's really been a a really long and arduous process. I can't say that I've enjoyed it all the time, (laughs) Um, but I am excited to be done with it so that I can start my next project. You know, I'm, I'm already looking forward to the next, the next thing that, that I'm going to be doing. So um, yeah, typically December, you, you know, this, I, I always take, try to take December off, meaning not off from what I'm this, but definitely off from social media. I take a little bit of a break. I, I focus more on creating a, a powerful intention for the new year. I, and we have a team right now that we are getting ready to organize for our first ever, hopefully yearly radically loved summit. This is really excited because she's pretty much like organizing the entire thing. I can't wait. Yeah. With, amazing. With, yes. So yeah. So I think just putting our focus into that, uh, and that being the only thing on the docket would, will be really fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. Great way to, I love that. I love, Oh, I just got excited thinking about intentions for the new year. Yes. Especially 2021 in in lieu of what we've been through in 2020. I mean, anything 2021 gives us is going to be great. We, we we should have, we need to have uh, Laura Plum back on our Vedic astrologer. We need to have a good astrologer on. We need to have a good psychic on. I hope that we can this is how I like to start my year with some, you know, entertainment value, but also some substance. Mm, that's a great idea. And also like an intention focused episode. I mean, you're really good at helping us set intentions. So maybe just one from you in, in that realm. Oh yeah. Love. Maybe we, that would be fun. You know, I always, every year I do a resolution book. I did one for 2020 and it's always uh, a free downloadable that you can get. So I'll, I'll start working on that. That'll actually be good. We can, we can talk about that this coming week. I love that idea. Yay. Okay. So without further delay, we will start our interview with James Bailey. Thank you all so much again for being here. We radically love all of you and we can't wait to hear what you thought of this episode. Like many of you, I've been hearing about intermittent fasting and how good it is for your health for the last couple of years, but it wasn't until I heard about do fasting where I actually understood why it worked. Do fasting is the easiest three-in-one solution for weight loss powered by one of the most effective dieting routines, intermittent fasting. Choose a fasting pattern that fits your lifestyle, learn to prepare healthy meals and implement simple workouts into your daily routine. And instead of strict dieting, 
Do Fasting offers healthy foods that actually taste amazing. So instead of exhausting fitness routines, this app gives you workouts that you can complete every day, achieve sustainable results without painful sacrifices. With a fully personalized plan, all you have to do is take a quick quiz and they will tailor an intermittent fasting plan for your needs. Do Fasting is the most comprehensive fasting program complete with the meal plan and workout routine that will help you reach your guaranteed results. I have to say, when you think about fasting, you think about depriving yourself, but I feel so much more clarity and I'm able to get so much more done throughout the day when I do intermittent fasting. So to get your own program, just go to their website, answer the quiz about yourself, and based on the answers, they will generate a specialized program that's perfect for you. Go to dofasting.com forward slash loved and use coupon code loved, that's L-O-V-E-D. Get a six-month fasting program with 50% off plus one month free. Join now and speed up your weight loss journey. That's dofasting.com forward slash loved for 50% off a six-month plan and your first month free when you use code loved. And now back to our show. And I really do believe that authenticity is the path when it comes to healing, both physically and spiritually, because we can't really heal if we're going to use remedies that work for somebody else. I am joined today by a very special guest who I've been trying to get on the podcast. It seems like it's been a year, but maybe it's been a little, maybe it has been, I have no idea. Everybody welcome James Bailey to the show. That's my clap track. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so excited to have you on because I, I know all the work that you do in the world of uh, yoga, health and wellness, Ayurveda has really been extremely uh, monumental in the world of, of yoga teachers in particular. Uh, I actually learned about you through uh, my friend Eka who introduced me to your online certification process process. And after that, I just was like, how did I never know who this person was? Like, how did James mm-hmm. Bailey just like go through my, my life scope? And I did not know who this person was. And mm-hmm. then once I did, I was, I was completely just a big fan because I really love the way that you teach and your approach to Ayurveda and not just Ayurveda, but just, uh, yoga as a science in in the world that we're in, health and wellness. So, uh, thank you for being here. Sorry, I'm just gonna like keep talking you. about you, glorify you some more. Oh well, thank you. Um, so, one of the things that I find uh, that I struggle with in regard to just finding more balance in my life is being unbalanced. And I know that when we're off balance, we're always going to crave more of the imbalance. Mm. And even knowing what I know about yoga and Ayurveda and, you know, just learning about the different things that take us off balance. um, I struggle a lot with the external environment factor of it, like too much technology, too much television, too much social media, um, how have you found in, in the recent years with what you do, has there been a shift in your students or people's attention span, energy, prana? I'm just curious. Yeah, that's a really good question, uh, Rosie, because um, I, I think we're all struggling with that to some degree. 
And I think the answer is yes to all your questions. There's been an increase in uh, lower attention spans. I mean, I'm the kind of teacher, this may be good or maybe not good, but I'm the kind of teacher that's more comfortable teaching for 12 days than I am for two hours. You know, so someone says, did you want to come teach here? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing the two-hour Ayurveda workshop on Vata, Pitta, Kapha. But if you've got 12 days, I'm happy to go deep with you because that's where my sweet spot is. But um, not everybody has that in them to sit with someone or in a room or in a space for 12 days and really go deep into something because they're used to getting things in sound bites. Mm. A list of the seven things you can do for a, a more healthier you know, life force or seven healthier things for healthier digestion. So they want it really quick. They want it in small points. And that's just really the way the online world is, has become. I think we've just accepted that we have shorter attention spans because there's so much more to take in. Yeah. Well, and it, and it's one of those things too, that it makes it so difficult for, you know, like to try and talk about any of these topics in the short amount of time, even just on this podcast to be able Mm -hmm. to, okay, like dive into the doshas or what Ayurveda, what the purpose of Ayurveda is like to try and soundbite that in like 60 seconds. I'm sure you can. And actually I want you to do it for our audience because. Oh, you want to hear my, my, yeah, let's hear it. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes when I work with clients, I have to be able to assess pretty quickly how much they know about Ayurveda before I hop in. And because if someone already knows quite a bit, I'm not going to tell them, you know, Here's what Vata, Pitta, and Kapha are. I don't want to waste their time. But someone could also come in who knows relatively nothing. So I have to be able to give them a foundation in order for the conversation to move forward because it's, it's Sanskrit and it's a foreign concept. It's a paradigm shift, and, um, which is why in the, in the school that I have uh, in this program, I really am the lead level one teacher because I'm so comfortable with people who know less and then all of my faculty at level two are people who are more like philosophers and you know they're like they're comfortable with people who are who already have that foundation so they can just kind of run and go deep and not have to worry about the basic principles of Ayurveda and things like that but but um no so yeah I have my I have my little two minute intro intro to Ayurveda it's you know you, you have to have it if you work in this world because uh, people don't know yeah it's like the the little elevator speech yeah. It's, so for know, the, peop- the people that are listening to this that don't know what we're talking about. Okay. Go. Okay. All right. So assuming I'm working with somebody who knows very little about Ayurveda, I always will ask them if they are familiar with the principles of the doshas, because it's a key principle in the conversation about our health. Um, and if they don't, I will give them, now you've got me on the spot. See, this is really not fair. <laughs> because <laughs> I know I'm being recorded. This is different from being a live person. But basically, I, you know, I, I let them know that Ayurveda recognizes that there are three kind of fundamental bioenergies of the body that are used to regulate and control and, and manage all of the physiological systems of our body. And those three principles are vata, pitta, and kapha. And they're very sensitive. They're very sensitive to the things that we take in, through our foods, our lifestyle, our, our sensory experiences, um, emotions, um, the breath, stress, all these things. So they're, they're, they're very dynamic in their nature. They fluctuate up and down frequently, um, which is what causes imbalances. Um, the, quick, the quick definition I have for, for vata, pitta, and kapha, or starting with vata, is that 
Vata is really all those things about us that flow and that circulate. And you can imagine how many different things in this flow and circulate. It's kind of uh, endless, you know, from digestion to our breath, to our thought processes, to our movement of our body. All these things that move and flow uh, correlates to what we call the air element or vayu or vata. Pop, sorry, pitta. Pitta is the, the principle of conversion and transformation. It's the fire element. So it's anything that changes in the body. If it metabolizes, if it digests, is it processes it in some way, if it takes it from one form and changes it into another, that's being done through the, the actions of pitta. And kappa is the principles of water and earth. It's the, the capacity to generate and regenerate tissues, to allow the body to build and to generate. And to, later in life, as the growth processes slow down, we have to regenerate and rebuild tissues as they're lost. It's also the fluid body. So those are the, I, that, that went pretty quick. And so what's, what's hard about that question, you had, actually it's one of the hardest questions to be asked on the spot because you want it to be simple and yet you want it to be uh, brief. Yeah, in depth. And you know, this is interesting because this might be a little bit off topic, but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately with just going back to what we were talking about, the sound bite moments and in a time where we consume so much information and we want it to be quick, rapid, fast, instant. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm, I come from, you know, a different school of thought where I feel like things take time and things, it, it's more important to create sustainability than, than something yeah. that's going to just be a quick fix. And from everything I've learned about yoga and Ayurveda, it's yeah. obviously it st has stood the test of time and it's something that's thousands of years old um and and it's interesting that we're that i think that's why it feels so unsatisfactory to be able to explain something so vast even when people are like well what's yoga and it's like oh yoga is just asana and i'm like mm, no not really <laughs> you know it's something so much more in depth it's something so much more vast Hey everyone, I've been so excited to tell you about my latest obsession. I recently got a tonal installed in my new Zen Den and I know those of you that follow me on Instagram know how excited I am. Tonal is a smart at-home gym that replaces every machine in the weight room and has personal training programs built in. Now, a lot of you know that I am a gym person. I like to go to the gym. I like to stay motivated uh, by watching other people work out. But that's currently not happening. And I've tried and tried for months to keep myself motivated. And when my friend told me about Tonal, I was a little bit apprehensive because I've tried things like this before. But there was nothing that compared to how Tonal really adapted to me and my lifestyle. Once I did the strength assessment, it almost felt like the machine adapted to me and it made it super easy for me to follow workouts. There's four to six week programs that you can follow and there's all kinds of different workouts. There's high intensity training, guided programs, yoga, meditation, all these different types of programs to just meet your lifestyle and your needs. Tonal can help you gain strength and burn fat. 
it's such an easy and achievable way to get to the goals that you want. Currently, I'm in week three and I feel so much stronger than I did over the course of the last couple of months with me trying and failing to work out on my own. It's got a really sleek design and it looks like a TV on your wall, which to me is super important. It doesn't have any bulky weights or racks and you can put up to 200 pounds of resistance on this thing. It was wild. I know I tried it. I definitely couldn't move it, but I did <laughs> I did try it because I wanted to see how much resistance it gave me. Tonal also has an incredible online community on Facebook and really that's the only time I ever go on Facebook. It's such an incredible feeling to see how many people are actually coming together talking about workouts and it's just really great to see that we're all still here everybody still wants to be healthy tonal is offering our radically loved listeners a special offer you can try tonal for 30 days risk-free just visit www.tonal.com for $100 off the smart accessories when you use the promo code loved that's l-o-v-e-d at checkout Go to www.tonal.com, promo code LOVED. Tonal is here to help you be your strongest. And now back to our show. Yeah, you know, I really, I really appreciate that. I'm actually reading this book uh, called Mastery right now. I don't know if you've mm. ever read it. It's, um, it's by Robert Greene and it's a book about, you know, the, the, how really great teachers of our, you know, time have become masters because they've you know done practiced a skill over years and a period of time and they've worked with somebody like a teacher someone that yeah. they've worked with closely over a long period of time and this is one of the things that I actually was curious to talk to you about and again this might be completely off topic but it's my show so we get to do whatever i want exactly um I think I'm curious to what your opinion is on yoga and tradition and where we are in this space, you know, where we want to learn all of these esoteric teachings, but we're also unaware of the amount of time that it actually takes to learn something. Yeah. Well, even the, the, the idea of tradition is really relative. I mean, if we had been born 200 years ago, what we would call tradition would look different then. If we had been born 1,000 years ago, what we would call tradition would look different even then. So the, the I don't know, I, I kind of like to think that there are two types of people in, in, in any, I guess in, you could say in the yoga world, that there are traditionalists and then there are innovators. And there are always going to be people who challenge tradition and they're going to create something that's new and they're going to push all those buttons and the traditionalists are not going to like it. And there's going to be the traditionalists who want to be very, very traditional or, or, or consistent to the classic texts, you know, and to the, the lineage and that they don't, they don't stray away from that tradition very much. And that's what's true to them. But being true to yourself as an individual and being innovative or personalized in your practice is also very true. So it's hard to really answer a question with so many different ways of approaching it. But, yeah. but you know, I started, I started practicing yoga back in the early 80s and was there, you know, at, I was there at the grand opening for Yoga Works in 1987. 
So I remember, I remember who I was, was in four the years old, by the way. <laughs> oh, don't make me. <laughs> no, you're, you're dating me. But <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. You know, actually, Rosie, I'm so, um, I'm, I'm very, I'm very proud of the life I've lived. I'm very happy with the experiences I've had. I've had, you know, ups and downs like everybody and life is, 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 is beautiful and a challenge. And I've seen a lot and I'm, I'm very fulfilled by the life that I've lived. I, I don't have a problem with aging. I, you know, I even put on my bio that I love just watching my, my, my aging lines get deeper and, and grow. I, I don't care anymore. That's one of the, the beauties of aging is you just don't, don't care anymore. It's called, it's called saging, not aging. I like that. Okay. Thank you. I'll yeah. take it. Um, I have an interesting story on that, but I'll come back to that. But yeah, so, you know, um, maybe one of the reasons why you, how I escaped you is because I am probably a generation older than you and was involved in the community before you were of age to probably discover it and then kind of hopped over in a way so that you were discovering other kind of young, you know, trending uh, teachers while I was probably, you know, hitting 50 or 40 or something like that. So, um, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I think my practice has evolved a lot over the years. It started out, I started practicing Ashtanga with Chuck Miller at Yoga Works in 1987. Mm -hmm. And um, it was one of, one of the originals in that room, you know, with, 20, 25 other Ashtangis practicing every day, every day for 11 years, except for new moon and full moon. And, um, you know, I have incredible memories that I will cherish always. And in fact, sometimes it almost kind of burdens me because it's kind of hard to recreate that these days. Yeah. You know, the idea of community around yoga is, is yeah. not what it used to be. Um, you know, people come in, they take their class and they leave. And it used to be more like a yeah. family. Well, yeah. And, and do you, that's, you know, it just goes back to the point of how we've evolved now. And I feel like, you know, one of the things that I love technology, if it wasn't for technology, I would have never found you. I would, you know, there's so many people that I've connected with because of technology, but I think it's like this device of connectivity has created more disconnection than I think it mm -hmm. has connection because I feel like we're losing that time and that sense of, you know, the, the busyness of checking your phone right before class mm -hmm. and then right after class is taken away from the opportunity of the person you might meet who's right next mm -hmm. to you on the mat or as you're putting your shoes on outside of the yoga mm -hmm. studio, like there, you know, people are maybe at the coffee shop down, down the way and everybody's together and people just start to communicate and be more um, interactive with each other as opposed to the social commodity that is likes on a social media yeah. platform. Right. That's right. What yeah. do you think that does to us in the energetic sense? Do you think that's kind of, that's contributing to why we have so many people that are stressed out and anxious? I think so. Yeah. I think anxiety and, and stress is, is epidemic right now. And I think that the, the um, online platform is reinforcing it in a way. So I'll tell you something that I, I had to, I actually started to do for myself. This is an interesting practice that you can, well, people who listen can, can give it a try if they're so bold enough to, to give a few things up, which I know how hard that is. 
But I, I came to a realization um, earlier this year, actually, that I needed to let go of a lot of this uh, screens and, and digital type stuff because I spend a lot of my day on the yeah. screen. So um, I also have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I also have a 21-year-old, so I'm, I'm, I'm a, like a second family. And um, so sleep for the last few years has been pretty rough. So it was a little bit of both, like a, a reclaiming of my sleep as well as a kind of a practice and a sadhana of like taking that, those evening hours and making them sacred for something that's productive, mm. not only in the moment of the evening, but also during the, the time when I'm asleep. So I have healthier sleep. And as everybody here will intellectually know, uh, if you're getting between seven to nine hours of sleep, you're probably a rock solid person. If you're not getting seven to nine hours of sleep, you're probably grumpy and cranky and tired and probably caffeine dependent. I, I would be my guess. Mm. So I decided um, earlier this year that I was going to put an end to all that. So here's what I do. Here's my, my, my method. And you need to fine tune this because everybody's different. I, as you know, in aggravated, there's no one size fits all for everybody. Everyone has to personalize this. So what I do is that each evening, you know, I put help putting the kids down, cleaning up a little bit around the house, a little tidying loose ends. Nine o'clock comes around. It's over. The day is done. The screens go down. The laptop goes down. The phone gets turned off. The day, as I know it, is officially over. And now it's time to go into sadhana space. And so I go into my room. I have a nice, beautiful altar. It's this huge altar. Um, blackout blinds on the windows. You know, um, quiet. The house is quiet. The kids are asleep. Um, my wife is either busy or she's with me. And um, <clears throat> I light up the altar with candles or little, light, little salt lamps put on some music and I start my practice. I do yoga for about, I do a kind of like a watered down Ashtanga practice, but it can be any kind of Hatha yoga practice. It can be yin yoga, it can be restorative. I like to do a little bit of something that's warming and flow just so I can uh, circulate my body before I go into kind of like a laying down. So, mm -hmm. yeah, your body goes a little stagnant in the evening, yeah. right? You wake mm -hmm. up with that, like stiffness in your body. Yeah. And always trying to work things out. So I do about maybe 20 minutes of sun salutations, and then maybe another 10 minutes of floor postures. Then I'll do um, some uh, pranayam, the usual routine, pranayam, meditation, or mantra. And then I'll do a nice 10-minute yoga nidra, which is mm -hmm. a short yoga nidra. Yeah. By the time that's done, I'm like drooling and crawling for the bed. Like I'm so sedated. It's, it's beautiful. And I crawled into bed. So by about 9.45, I'm in bed and the lights are out and I'm falling. I, I fall asleep before my head hits the pillow. Mm. And when I wake up in the morning, usually around six because of my one-year-old, I usually wake up before he does, fresh and full of energy and ready. And, you know, I feel like a complete human being. And if I get up before him, I might do a little bit of yoga even before he wakes up. Um, although that happens about half the time, I would say. So it's a really, it's called sleep hygiene in Western kind of practices, but it, it has a huge impact on the brain. It has a huge impact on kind of clearing out all that anxiety. I'm getting about nine hours of sleep at night. And I can tell you, it's, it's a game changer. It's completely changed my life and not just my sleep. It's improved my sleep, 
but it's improved my concentration. It's lowered anxiety levels during the day. Yeah, I feel more present and more mindful with my, 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 in my life, but with my children, particularly little ones, you know, that take that extra yeah. patience than say the older kids. And I think, I think it's probably one of the biggest changes I've made in my life in years. Wow. Yeah. And that was an area where in my life, I was telling myself all the time, this is my time. Okay. This is my time. I'm going to entertain myself or I'm going to watch a show. You know, I'm going to read a book or I'm going to talk and chat or, you know, or plan. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's mine. I'm a planner at night. Yeah. Well, that, and I have a, I have a friend who likes, likes to watch television until they go to sleep and said friend was out of the habit of that for a really long time. And then she just got into that habit again. And it, it really, you know what I find is that, I mean, she found that she wakes up in the middle of the night a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. at the same time, like two or three o'clock in the morning. Um, And yeah, I think that it has more to do with that habit of like just feeling, just getting mentally and energetically exhausted to fall asleep instead of doing something that's a little bit more um, prana filling. Exactly. You have to just clean the nervous system, you have to clean the brain. It it, it cleans the whole nervous system, it clears the heart. It, it, It just helps you to go into that sleep state much more cleared out and, and sweet and, 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 and subtle and refined because, you know, how you start your sleep is like any kind of new cycle you start. How you start a cycle is going to have an impact on the direction of that cycle. So if you start your day off, you might be off a lot during the day. If you start your sleep cycle, you know, full of impressions from TV shows or HBO series and all this stuff, you're going to take those impressions right in to your sleep so there has to be a cleaning process before you know we can oh that's so that's so true and i and i have noticed whatever i was talking about myself but what i have noticed is when i do that is you know i I feel so so much better in the morning you know i I wake up less groggy and and just more energized and a little bit more grounded than i would if i watched like Game of Thrones before I went to bed or something. Stress, sleep, recovery. Whether we're in our home gym or working from home or if we're actually going to work these days, these things shape how we perform. I know that for me, the last couple of weeks have been extra stressful. It's not only just the stress of watching a lot of television, as I'm sure a lot of us have been, but just the overall collective of the group, there's just this underlying feeling of anxiousness and stress. One thing that I've added to my daily routine, and it's helped me make a noticeable difference, is New Calm. NuCalm is the only stress management system of its kind. It's clinically proven in over 1 million sessions to improve your sleep, reduce your stress, and boost your recovery without drugs and side effects. 
The new Calm system uses cutting-edge neuroscience and consists of three non-invasive and non-pharmaceutical items, all of which are included in your monthly subscription that costs less than a daily cup of coffee. The whole process is easy to use and to work into your daily routine to achieve better sleep, reduction in stress, and boost in recovery. For me, all it took was one time to know that this was something that I was gonna be using consistently for years to come. So do what I did, own the day with NuCalm. We have a special link set up specifically for our listeners. Go to lovednucalm.com and get 50% off of your 30-day subscription of NuCalm and their money-back guarantee. That's loved, N-U-C-A-L-M.com, lovednucalm.com. And now back to our show. Um, so I have just uh, a per- personal Ayurveda question. Sure. Um, as, as much as I've tried with different Ayurvedic practitioners to not be a dual dosha, <laughs> mm-hmm. I just always am. I guess, you know, my doshas just never, I'm going to be a vata pitta forever. Uh, unless you, you can tell me something different. No, if you have a constitution, it's um, well, you, you do have a constitution. I shouldn't say it that way. Your <laughs> constitution will never change, mm. but you change. Here, here's here's how it works. Okay, so you hear this question a lot. What's your dosha? Mm-hmm. The question doesn't really mean a lot. I want people to think a little bit more deeply than that. Everybody has three doshas, not one. Okay, and what what people maybe aren't distinguishing is the constitution from the actual flux of the doshas. So the doshas are constantly fluctuating. They're they're rising and falling in response to your last meal, your mood, the weather cycle of the day, what time of the day it is, what season it is, um, stress levels. They're constantly fluctuating. But your constitution doesn't ever change. So one way to think about that is that you have, I'm a, I'm a pitta vata with a low kappa. So my pitta and my, ka, my vata will always be where I should have, the doshas should be dominant. Now here's pitta. So what that means is that there's a point where if pitta's here, I'm healthy. If it drops or it goes too high, because it is fluctuating all the time, this is where I have imbalances. So for me, I need to have a strong pitta and a, second, and a, and a secondary vata and a low kappa. We're not trying to make them equal or to balance them per se. We're trying to keep them within the range of what our constitution is. So it's these constitutional things that don't change, but mm. yet the doshas do. Right. So if you're a dosha, if you're a dual dosha constitution person, you will always be. Right. I just feel like it makes things a little bit more complex for some reason. I'm just like, why can't I wish that I could just be one? So oh. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a frequent question or comment that I hear. And, and I guess my response would be that you're perfect just the way you are. Oh. And everybody's perfect just the way they are. Everybody, you know. Oh, James. I, you can't, you can't, you don't know how many like monodoshic vata types I have with really high vatas with low pit and kappa. We're like, I wish I wasn't a vata. And how many kappa? I wish I wasn't a kappa. <laughs> Everybody wants to be something else than what they really are. So. Man, that is the truth. Wow, that's like you just said something so prolific. Think about that. I think it's it's definitely metaphorical to how we just live our our daily life. Well, one of the one of the 
bigger reasons why I, I wanted to have you on the show, um, obviously, because I just wanted to hear, uh, you know, your voice on a couple of these different topics. But one of the main things that I would love to leave the audience with and, and hoping that you could maybe speak to this topic a little bit more. Um, people that are listening to the show, most of them are familiar with yoga as, you know, as a philosophy, as a way of life, or as, as a practice, meditation. And um, maybe they have like a, a superficial level understanding of Ayurveda. If not, they fully um, are students of Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. Um, for people that are listening to this that want to know they, they are feeling, again, out of balance or they're feeling maybe stuck somehow. Aside from the sleep hygiene, which I think just that within itself can be completely life-changing for people. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's the one thing, if, they're just, if they just got one thing from this interview that you would, would recommend that everybody listening to this do, what would it be? I think it would be to be true to yourself and to really understand this person that you are and it's in your needs. Uh, I'm one of my big teaching points for me, it pervades a lot of the areas that I teach is this principle of authenticity. And I really do believe that authenticity is the path when it comes to healing both physically and spiritually, because we can't really heal if we're going to use remedies that work for somebody else. You know, what's because all of the all that's involved in, 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 in who we are and where we're at, the imbalances, these whatever it is, physical, emotional, spiritual crises, these these are one of a kind events that have never occurred in any in any any way other than the way you have created them or, or have presented them. And so we have to come to terms with who we are, accept who we are, uh, understand our strengths and our weaknesses and be true to who we are along the way. You know, and not just doshically, that's, you know, <clears throat> I, I don't mean to, to limit the, the doshas in any way, but that's just sort of one of many aspects of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, authenticity really is, is the highest expression of faith in who we are. It's having faith in ourselves. Because if you, if, you, if you have faith in who you are and you, you love and respect yourself and care for yourself, then you're not going to try to be like somebody else or be somebody else. You're going to be really quite content with who you are. And also just the, the personalization of this path. I mean, what I need and what you need to grow or to nourish your body or your or, or consciousness is so unique to you. You know, the karmas involved from your childhood, the karmas of your family, your ancestry, your the the DNA, the, the, your nutritional needs, your emotional needs, your social needs, your spiritual needs, all those things are so unique to each person. And so we have to, we have to understand them and we have to apply whatever changes are necessary based on that unique person that we, each of us are. So there is no Ayurveda for everybody. There's no nutrition for everybody. Yeah. There's, there's no trends in Ayurveda or in, any, in real healing. There's no trends. There's, there's, 
there's my diet, there's your diet, and all the listeners' yeah. diets should be completely different. Yeah. It's like that one person's food is another person's poison. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, James, I, I feel like I, I didn't even get through all the questions that I wanted to ask you, but I want to be respectful of your time. I do have one more question, but before I do ask you the final question, um, I know that you offer a lot of support online and you have some courses, um, you have uh, online schools. So for the people that are listening that want to learn more about you and, and what you do or more about Ayurveda, or if they're interested in getting certified as an Ayurvedic uh, consultant, where mm -hmm. can they go for more information? They can go to, uh, well, they can email or call me anytime they want. I'm very, very approachable in that way. But they can go to the website. It's Sivanti Institute, S-E-V-A-N-T-I Institute.com. Um, we also have, I have another website. It's our India tours, which is SivantiAdventures.com. So if anyone's interested in coming to India, um, you're, we've got a great tour. Anyway, I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. But the Ayurveda trainings that we offer through the Institute, um, we have a, it's a three-tiered program that leads towards certification with NAMA as an Ayurvedic health counselor. And, um, but people can take it just for their own personal use. You don't have to continue on professionally. Um, our level ones are 100 to 120 hours. They're, they're, they're two weeks long. Uh, they're usually offered through yoga centers that I have a relationship with. Um, but we also have an online program coming up. Um, I think the next online is our spring 2020. It starts on um, March 24th. And it's two six-day uh, online programs. So you can, and you don't need to go on to level two. Level one is sort of a, a broad introduction, it's sort of a deep and wide kind of uh, immersion into Ayurveda for self-care, for your family. And then if you really, really liked it and you want to continue, you can go to level two, uh, which is where we have uh, 13 faculty members. Uh, some of the, we have some of the greatest faculty members on our, our level two program, maybe in the country, because it's online. Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, I, I could name the names, but I don't know that the listeners would know them all, but just trust me, these are some of the most outstanding teachers. Yeah. Well, and we will put all of those links in the show notes, including the Savanti adventures, which sound really enticing because, you know, I'm sure a lot of people out there would want to go on an epic adventure. Um, yeah. so if you're listening to this on uh, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, whatever platform, go to the info button. You can click there and find all of the links we just mentioned. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, just go to the bottom, I like doing this little pointy thing, go to the bottom and there will be uh, the same links there. Um, James, thank you so much for being on. I do want to ask you the final question. And the final question, is something that I ask all of my guests and it revolves around why I started this podcast. And it's about uh, being radically loved and the belief that we are all radically supported by God, universe, source, whatever higher power of your understanding that the universe works for us and not against us. Mm. And um, so the final question to you is, how do you feel radically loved? I don't know that I ever didn't feel radically loved. <laughs> I think I really relate to that concept so much. And I think that's why I 
I am so appealed by your vision and what you're doing. Um, I feel radically loved sort of from the inside out, I guess I could say. Um, but of course, having some really beautiful children and beautiful wife and a great family. And um, I feel like I've had a pretty lucky life in that sense. But I feel, I feel I've always, since I was little, felt a connection to, to the divine. I, I knew that I was being watched. I knew that I was being guided. I knew that I was being cared for. And that I would Tell be okay. Me more. Tell me more about that. How old were you? That's really interesting. It's rare that I get people like that feel that I, I did too when I was young, you know? Yeah. Um, what, what age did you feel? I that? don't know how, what age it was. I think maybe nine, 10, 11. And, and I don't mean in a religious way. Our family wasn't very religious. Um, I think we went to church maybe twice in my entire childhood. But I think it was just knowing that there was something that was guiding me, wow. you know, almost ancestrally. Maybe it's the Scotch-Irish thing. I don't know. We've, we've got these weird kind of like, I think a lot of cultures do. But anyway, I, I, yeah, I felt pretty guided. Wow, that's great. James, thank you so much for being on. I feel like our time went by so quickly, but I really appreciate you. And I'm so looking forward to taking one of your online courses myself You're for bad. my own personal uh, enjoyment. So I am just really grateful for all the work that you do and for just being a, a very well respected and grounded teacher in, in our world. I, uh, I, I really love finding sage teachers that, that are out there doing the work um, and are really showing us the way and it, it just goes to show that this practice really does stand uh, the test of time and sustainability and I just thank you for all the work that, that you do out there to provide um, digestible knowledge for us to be able to consume so thank you for doing that and I hope that we can have you on the show again great thank you really. thanks all the listeners Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.